Welcome back to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 2, Episode 7. If you've listened to Episode 5 and Episode 6, you've been following Kirk Ferentz's career as the head coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And today, we're going to talk about 2010 through 2015 and kind of go through those seasons. What did the games look like? Who were the key players? And we left off last time after the 2009 Hawkeye football season. Boy, they had potential. They even had more potential than that 11-2 and season than dominating Orange Bowl win. But Ricky Stanzi got hurt in the second-to-last game of the season against Northwestern and lost that game somehow. There's no way they would have lost with Ricky there. And then they lost in overtime at Ohio State the following week to end the regular season. James Vandenberg did a nice job stepping in the quarterback for that game, but the Hawkeyes couldn't quite pull it out. So we're going to go to 2010 now, but let's first look at what was popular in 2010. It was only 11 years ago, but these are always just fun to review. Go back into time a little bit and see how things change so quickly. So for pop music, it was Katy Perry with California Girls, TikTok by Kesha, Hey Soul Sister by Train, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. The top country songs, Miranda Lambert, The House That Built Me, Lady Antebellum, Lady A now, uh, with Need You Now, that was a huge hit. Zach Brown Band, Highway 20 Ride, Easton Corbin, a little more country than that. The highest grossing films, Toy Story 3, Alice in Wonderland, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, Inception, and Shrek Forever After. And in 2010, everyone was playing Angry Birds on their phone, and Apple released its first iPad, so that's kind of interesting to hear too. The 2010 Iowa Hawkeyes started the season ranked ninth in the AP poll, and rightly so, with quarterback Ricky Stanzi back, some great offensive players returning, and Norm Parker's stout defense. This ended up being a really trying season as a fan, knowing there was so much talent, but so many tough losses. Eastern Illinois was no problem starting off the season, nor was Iowa State. The Hawkeyes beat them 35-7 in Kinnick. It really seemed like the season was on the way. But Iowa did end up losing to number 24, Arizona in the desert. It was Ricky Stanzi versus Nick Foles, and both had close to 300 yards passing. Ricky with three touchdowns, Nick had two, each with one interception. But this game was 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, 27-7 at halftime. Crazy touchdowns. A blocked punt by Arizona set up their first score. 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown for Arizona. Ricky's one interception went for an 85-yard pick six, so... Things can't go much worse than that. All of a sudden, Hawkeyes start coming back. Ricky has a couple of TD passes in the third quarter. It looked like Iowa was going to take the lead. When Broderick Benz intercepted a pass at the line of scrimmage, returned it for a touchdown, but the Hawkeyes missed the extra point. And instead, it's a 27-27 tie. And then Nick Foles ended up throwing a four-yard touchdown pass for the win. So Iowa really didn't have anything left in the tank at that point. Well, this season still seemed to be okay. I mean, you know, despite that loss in the desert, Iowa rattled off three straight wins, including number 22 Penn State at home, Michigan, and Ann Arbor. And I just loved that game in Ann Arbor. My buddy Juice scored a tailgating spot 50 yards from the big house. We just had a blast tailgating for a few hours before the game. Watching the occasional professor, you know, pull up next to us, uh, park his, his nice car, and kind of look at us and discuss with our Hawkeye gear on and, and just kind of stroll into the game in a sweater vest about 
30 minutes before the game started. It was just an interesting, interesting tailgating there. But things started getting rough during this season. Number 10, Wisconsin came to Kinnick, and, and this is the game that Iowa really had the game won. Wisconsin ran a fake punt on 4th and 4 from their own 26. The Badger punter rambled for 17 yards. Iowa hadn't had an extra point blocked earlier in the game and lost by one after Monte Ball had an eight-yard TD run with 106 left in the game. So if they would have punted, or if we would have stuffed them on that punt, game is over probably, but they end up going down and getting a touchdown and winning the game. So it was also the year that Iowa absolutely spanked Michigan State 37-6. I think Kirk was just kind of frustrated at that point. I don't know if it was a message to Mark D'Antonio or just a message to the country that <laughs> this team is back and we're going to win. But next it was a closer that should be gamed Indiana. Um, Hawkeyes won, but bad stuff just started happening after that. They had a late loss to Northwestern, 21 to 17, gave up 14 on answer in the fourth quarter. Next game was number eight, Ohio State at home. It looked like a win for the Hawkeyes. It was a fourth and nine late. Terrell Pryor ran for the first down and then completed the game winning touchdown pass. Game over, so next game was just really bad, though. Three-point loss to, to Minnesota, and something seemed broken at that point because this team was better than that. Special teams weren't getting it done. Offense wasn't quite clicking, and they just could not close out close games. Well, thankfully, it was an unlikely bowl win in Tempe, Arizona, Insight.com at Sun Devil Stadium, and I went with my sister and her family. Had just a blast at that game, and Wanted to win that game so bad because of how tough the season was for those kids and, you know, that team. But the, the game, it was good early on. I was up 17-3, to but it looked really bad late. Hawkeyes were down. 5.32 left in the game. Blaine Gabbert threw a pass right to Micah Hyde. He took 72 yards to the house, and the Hawkeyes held on for the win. Iowa really needed that after some really tough close losses during the season, but finished 8-5. So at least it was an eight-win season, but you know there were some real difficulties along the way. It was a year that Brandon Wager, he was a great football player, and he was a freshman the year prior. He rushed for about 600 yards. Running back, you know, he quit before the season. And he ended up eventually kind of going back to community college, and I think he played in, in Sioux City. And then went to the NFL for a couple of years. He was a heck of a player, and, and it's just kind of a shame that he just dropped out there. And then Adam Robinson, the great running back from Des Moines, he got arrested for something going on uh, with friends when he went back to Des Moines. He got kicked off the team, and then DJK, that debacle with charges that he had. He didn't make the bowl game. So just really, really kind of emotional when the Hawkeyes won that game in the desert. Well, Stanzi was the manzi. He had 3,000 yards passing that season in 2010. He had 25 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Adam Robinson was the leading rusher, 941 yards, 10 touchdowns. He had 24 catches for 290 yards. He was such a strong runner. Great balance and just really a shame that his career ended like it did. Marcus Coker had over 600 yards rushing. He was forced into action after Jewel Hampton went down with injury in that Arizona game. And then... Played, you know, pretty much the whole bowl game. He was the guy running the show there from the uh, backfield. And then Marvin McNutt was a leading receiver, 860 yards. DJK had 745 yards. Tight end Alan Reisner 
who played for the Vikings for a little while. He had 42 catches for 460 yards. Riley Reef, the big offensive tackle, also played for the Vikings. I believe he's with the Bengals now, but you know, pretty potent offense. We look at some of these players they had. In a lot of games, they, they ran the score up nicely, but then they had some games where they really sputtered and they just lost too many heartbreakers late in the season. The leading tacklers were Jeremiah Hunter, Micah Hyde, Tyler Sass, James Morris, Sean Prater, Brett Greenwood, just some big names in that group. And the D-line was so good. Consensus, first-team All-American Adrian Claiborne, Mike, Daniels, Diesel, uh, Carl Klug, Christian Ballard, Broderick Benz. You know, the potential was there. This team just couldn't quite close out some games and didn't quite live up to the hype or potential. The 2011 Iowa Hawkeyes didn't have the expectations the 2010 season did, but Game 2 was a bit of a disappointment with a three-overtime loss in Ames to the Cyclones in a high-scoring 44-41 game. Never want to lose that one. And the Hawkeyes had a nice comeback win over Pittsburgh before losing to Penn State at Beaver Stadium, but only scoring three points in that game and lost 3-13, to so the offense really stalled. But Iowa was 5-2, heading to Minnesota, looking to get revenge after losing by three the previous year, playing in Minneapolis two years in a row, and they lost again, this time 21-22. And that was followed by a big win over number 13 Michigan in Kinnick Stadium, but then a loss to Michigan State at home, was followed by a win over Purdue on the road, and a loss to end the season number 22 Nebraska. It was a really tough bowl draw, number 19, Oklahoma, in the, in the Insight.com Bowl at Sun Devil Stadium for the second year in a row. And Iowa lost that game 31-14 and fell to 7-6. The Hawkeyes were 4-4 four four in the Big Ten that year. I just remember that season being a little bit disappointing again. Mostly that close loss to Iowa State, the one-point loss to Minnesota. They win both of those games. You know, you win a couple of rivalry games. You're 9-3 and three in the regular season. Kind of Interesting to see how close they were to a, another special season in, in each of these two years, 2010 and 2011. Well, James Vandenberg took over at quarterback. He passed for over 3,000 yards, almost 59% completion percentage, 25 touchdowns and six interceptions. Marcus Coker was the workhorse, 281 carries, 1,384 yards, 15 touchdowns. Marvin McNutt had 82 catches for 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. He was the Big Ten wide receiver of the year. Keenan Davis had 50 catches, 700 yards. Big Riley Reef from South Dakota was first-team All-American. The leading tackler on defense was Christian Kirksey, the longtime NFL linebacker, just a, just a great guy and a great player. Um, he was tied with James Morris and then Jordan Bernstein, the Des Moines kid, was next. Tanner Miller, Tyler Nielsen, I believe he was the humble linebacker, and then Micah Hyde. Well, 2012 was the start of the Greg Davis era at Iowa. The former Texas offensive coordinator took over when Ken O'Keefe went to the Dolphins, and there was hope he could bring the Texas firepower to the Iowa offense. But they really struggled in that first year. We're talking anemic offense. In addition to that, Norm Parker had stepped down with health issues, and longtime defensive back assistant Phil Parker took over. So it was a big change with two new coordinators um, coaching these players. And Phil obviously had been around, but added a lot of responsibility to his plate in 2012. 
in game one, just so thankfully, the Hawkeyes pulled out the win in Chicago at Soldier Field. I was there with a group of friends, and Iowa scored nine unanswered in the fourth quarter, including a 50-yard field goal by Mike Meyer and a Damon Bullet 23-yard run. It was a handoff on fourth down. It was fourth and long. And that, I mean, if that play gets stuffed and Iowa doesn't get it on fourth down, it's the worst play ever. You hand off on fourth down, the defense isn't expecting it at all, and it goes for a touchdown. It's a genius call. But the Hawkeyes got the win in Chicago at Soldier Field. Next up, it was a just really hard to watch. Six to nine loss to Iowa State at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, really difficult game to sit through. There just was nothing going on in that game. The offense on both sides was just so horrible. Then Iowa somehow beat UNI before dropping one to Central Michigan by one point at home. But then the highlight of the season were the next two games, beating Minnesota at home, Floyd is back, and beating Michigan State in East Lansing in double overtime. And that was it. The final six games were losses. Penn State at home, Northwestern away, Indiana on the road, Purdue at home, Michigan and Nebraska at Kinnick Stadium. Oh, it was a rough season. The Indiana game, the Purdue game, were three points. Nebraska only beat the Hawkeyes by six. You know, again, no offense at all, losing seven to thirteen. And that game was so cold. I made my my girlfriend at the time, my wife. I made her kind of stick it out till late in the fourth quarter because there was a shot of Iowa beating Nebraska, only being down by six points to the 17th-ranked Cornhuskers, and I just wanted to see the Hawkeyes get something positive and pull that game out. Felt kind of bad afterwards. The wind was whipping through Kinnick that day, and we just could not get any breaks in 2012. We were staying at a friend's house in Iowa City, and I remember just going back and taking a hot shower and picking up some Happy Joe's pizza and just staying in the warmth of his house that night before trekking back home in the morning. So, hey, this season, it was 4-8 and eight overall, Two and six in the Big Ten. It was year 14 for Kirk, and after a couple of so-so years, and then only four wins this season, people were starting to get a little bit uneasy about things. And James Vandenberg's production dropped so much in every category, from 25 touchdowns the prior year to seven. Something is just not right. Seven touchdowns for your starting quarterback. He had eight interceptions. His yardage dropped from 3,000 to 2,200. There were some real struggles in the first year for Greg Davis at the helm of the offense here. Mark Wiseman was the leading rusher, 815 yards. He had a 5.1-yard average, eight touchdowns. Damon Bullock was second, 500 yards, three TDs. In the air, it was Keenan Davis, 47 catches. C.J. Fedorowicz, 45. On the defensive side of the ball, it was Hitch. His leading tackler, Anthony Hitchens, the former Cowboy current chief, followed by his fellow linebackers, James Morris and Christian Kirksey. And, man, those guys were linebackers. Well, Micah Hyde, Tanner Miller rounded out the top five uh, tacklers. And on the defensive line, you guys like Louis Trinkus, Passat, Steve Bigak, Darian Cooper, Don Alvis. The 2013 Iowa Hawkeyes were back to hitting a bowl game after an eight-win season, so they doubled the wins compared to the 2012 season, but 
This season did not start off well. There was a loss to Northern Illinois 27 to 30 in Kinnick Stadium. It was a very good Northern Illinois team, but did not expect that. But the Cyhawk Trophy came back to Iowa City after a 27 to 21 win in Ames over the Cyclones. Floyd stayed at home with a win at Minnesota before a couple of losses to Michigan State at home and at Ohio State. The Hawkeyes got a win over Northwestern before falling to Wisconsin at home and then ran the table beating Purdue, Michigan, and Nebraska and Lincoln. And I'll never forget that game in Nebraska. Bo Pelini just red-faced, raging on the sideline. He had tried to fake punt the Hawkeye stuff, got a TD on the next play. The 24-yard touchdown pass by Jake Rudock, great call there to go for the end zone. And then Bo Pelini got the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after a pass interference call where he swung his hat, barely missed the ref. Thought he was going to get ejected for that, but just got the penalty. And Jake Rudock got hurt in the game, but C.J. Beth Bethard came in. He was able to lead the team and finish it out for the victory. Anthony Hitchens had an interception, as did James Morris, and all three linebackers were just all over the place, blitzing the quarterback, making him uncomfortable. We watched this game in the Bahamas with a group of Hawkeye fans, including Mac McCausland was there, Adam Woodbury's dad talked to him. Uh, there was a hotel bar full of Hawkeye fans at Atlantis where Fran McCaffrey's hoop squad was playing, and that was just such a fun event. If you ever get a chance to go to one of those tropical getaways to watch the Iowa basketball team play, I went with my wife, met a friend and his daughter there, and we just had a blast the whole time watching basketball in that little arena, uh, taking in some rays during the day and enjoying that atmosphere. So it was a pretty good rebound season, you know, and a couple of those close games that the Hawkeyes get the W could be nine or ten wins. And Northern Illinois, I mentioned that game, three-point loss. They were 8-0 in the MAC, 12-1 before losing to Utah State by a touchdown in bowl play. And Iowa lost to number 14 LSU in the Outback Bowl. It was 14-21. So they hung with LSU but couldn't quite get the offense going enough to, to get a win. And Talk about luck. I mean, it just poured rain before that game. We sat in the rental car most of the time tailgating in the vehicle instead of outside of the vehicle, which is not that much fun. And it drizzled most of the game, so not really what you hope for when it comes to a bowl game in Florida. And then the Hawkeyes couldn't quite pull it out. But Jake Rudock, he was the first-year starting quarterback, passed for almost 2,400 yards, 57% completion rate, 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Mark Wiseman had 975 yards rushing, Eight touchdowns. Damon Bullock and Jordan Kanzeri both had over 450 yards rushing. And one of the more electric wide receivers on this team was Damon Powell. Never thought he got used quite enough. He had 12 catches for a whopping 291 yards for a 24-yard average. Devon Smith was coming on. And then C.J. Fedorowicz, Jake, Jake Doozy were the tight ends. Anthony Hitchens was the leading tackler, followed by James Morris, Kirksey, Loudermilk, Tanner Miller, Desmond King, and then on the defensive line, Drew Ott and Carl Davis. And Jordan Cotton, he was a really good kick returner on that team. Well, 2014 was another one of those seven and five seasons in the regular season and four and four in the Big Ten. The Hawkeyes looked a little shaky to start the season against you and I. We got an eight-point win and then just a four-point win over Ball State. But a disappointing three-point loss against the Cyclones in Iowa City. That was followed up with nice wins over Pitt and Purdue on the road and then Indiana at home. And that was a 
45 to 29 win. It looked like the offense was rolling, but the Hawkeyes lost at Maryland before spanking Northwestern at home and then just getting absolutely destroyed on the road by the Golden Gophers, 14 to 51. I remember a couple of my buddies, you know, they brought their kids to that game. One left at halftime because it was over and the other stuck it out a little bit longer and then headed to the Mall of America. There was just nothing to cheer about that game. Well, the Hawks somehow bounced back to beat Illinois, but lost by two points to Wisconsin at home, and then lost at home in overtime to Nebraska. And that was just a, a nightmare of a game. I remember sitting there in Kinnick Stadium wondering what was going on. The Hawkeyes were up 24-7. With a couple of minutes left in the third quarter, Nebraska got a 34-yard TD pass to make it 24-14, and then Iowa just seemed to crawl into a hole and disappeared the rest of the game. And DeMornay... Pearson L., he was a great punt returner for them. He had a long punt return that led to a touchdown. And then he had an 80-yard touchdown return. But the Hawkeyes did get a touchdown to take the lead with under two minutes left. And then Nebraska tied it with a field goal with eight seconds left. And the Hawkeyes lost in overtime. Iowa got a field goal and then Nebraska with a TD in that first extra period. Just a really disappointing game and and hard to take but hey the season was capped off also with quite a forgettable performance against Tennessee in the tax layer bowl Rudock and CJ Beathard rotated in that game to determine you know if one of these quarterbacks really stood out and who was going to be the starter the next year but the Hawkeyes were down 28 to nothing and then 35 to 7 and a half Mark Weissman had a couple of TD runs. C.J. Beathard threw a couple of TDs late. And Kirk Ferentz announced sometime after that game that C.J. Beathard was going into the 2015 season as the starting quarterback. Brandon Scherf won every award that could be won as a first-team All-American Outland Trophy winner for the best lineman in the country that season. And Rudock put up decent numbers with almost 62% completion percentage, 2,400 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, but just didn't seem to lead to wins, and C.J. Beathard seemed to be the fan favorite and the guy that the players rallied around. Mark Wiseman had over 800 yards, 16 touchdowns. Kanzeri, just under 500 yards rushing. Beathard actually had 28 rushes for 156 yards and a 5.6-yard average. Damon Powell, 19 catches, 317 yards. Tavon Smith had 43 catches for just under 600 yards. Uh, Jake Doozy and Ray Hamilton were the, were the tight ends, uh, with Jake having just under 400 yards. On the defensive side, John Loudermilk was the leading tackler, followed by Quentin Alston, Jordan Lomax, Louis Trinka-Passat, Desmond King, Drew Ott, and Nate Meyer. The 2015 Iowa Hawkeye football season is one of those years where you know special things just happened, and it seemed like this team was destined for greatness. It took a while to really believe it, but they just had something. I think part of that was the leadership of C.J. Beathard, other guys on the team like Austin Blythe. Uh, you know, he's still in the NFL, great center. He's a guard in the NFL. Jordan Lomax, Drew Ott. You know, his injuries eventually knocked him out and a really disappointed end to his career, but a complete stud defensive end from Nebraska. Too bad he should have had a long NFL career, but just just had had some injuries that knocked him out of it but it's season four for Greg Davis and Phil Parker both are more comfortable it seems 
And this team had some real gamers, and they seemed comfortable on the big stage. They were going to perform well with the game on the line. It's an easy start to the season with Illinois State, a 31-17 win over the Cyclones at Jack Trice Stadium. So the, the Cyhawk Trophy is back home in Iowa City. And if you think about that, this is 2015. So the Cyhawk Trophy has been in Iowa City since then. Iowa's 5-0 and against Iowa State in that time frame. Well, we were on vacation during that game, uh, the Iowa-Iowa State game, and watched the game at a bar in the Caribbean, and it was so much fun. I, it, was, it was one of those great games where it was on ABC or Fox. I think it was Fox or something. So we got to watch it, and C.J. Beathard had three TD passes, including a 25-yarder to Riley McCarron. Great pass, great catch. That made the score 24-17 to Hawkeyes. And that was after Jordan Canzeri had fumbled inside the 10-yard line after an 87-yard drive for the Hawkeyes. And, you know, they took the lead on the big TD pass, and then Desmond King's interception pretty much ended this game. It put it away, but Jordan Canzeri made up for the fumble by running the ball just two times for 25 yards in the final TD of the game. Very entertaining win for the Hawkeyes, but our flight home from, you know, the beach made me miss some of the next game at home against Pitt. And we were listening to it on the radio on the drive back from the airport when Marshall Kane hit the 57-yard field goal to win the game 27-24. Could not believe it, just hearing it on the radio. I'm sure those Hawkeye fans at Kinnick Stadium just had an unbelievable time watching that. But I got home, watched the you know DVR recording, and just had a huge grin knowing the Hawkeyes were now 3-0 with North Texas coming to town. And that ended up being a blowout. So next up was number 19, Wisconsin, and that was at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison. It was a defensive ball game with Iowa pulling it out 10 to six, and kind of, you know, almost some divine intervention in that game with the Badgers fumbling while going in for what looked like a sure touchdown with the ball spotted at the one yard line. Quarterback, quarterback Joel Stave fumbled trying to make the handoff and he also had another fumble and two interceptions thrown in this game and Wisconsin's four turnovers Jordan Kanzeri rushed for 125 yards George Kittle had Iowa's only touchdown and they held on to move to 5-0 and Iowa beat Illinois next and then came number 17 Iowa versus number 20 Northwestern in Evanston and the Hawkeyes were without starting running back Jordan Kanzeri. In that game, he was dinged up and didn't play. But it didn't matter as Akram Wadley rushed for 204 yards, four touchdowns, and Iowa rolled to a 40-10 victory. The Hawkeyes took care of business against Maryland and Indiana, and then Minnesota came into Kinnick Stadium, and Floyd came back to Iowa City with a 40-35 win again. If I'm thinking of this right, I don't think Floyd has ever left Iowa City since. It's another one of those winning streaks against these rival teams. So that's a, <laughs> the trophy case has been full of late, and that's a lot of fun. But this was a close game. Iowa had 270 yards rushing and was able to hold on to the ball long enough to limit the opportunities for the Gophers. It was kind of a strange game as far as the defense. They gave up some big plays. They normally don't do that. And... I'll never forget the next week driving back up to Kinnick Stadium to see the Purdue game. And I was trying to beat a snowstorm, racing to Iowa City. It hit when I was about an hour away from town. 
and then we woke up with several inches of snow on the ground and the Hawkeyes beat Purdue 40 to 20 and it's 11 and 0 the excitement was palpable I mean it was just Kinnick Stadium was rocking in the cold weather the snow in the stands the snow on the ground and next up it was Nebraska and the Hawkeyes took care of business 28 to 20 and finished a perfect 12 and 0. And in that game, Kanzari had a couple of long TD runs. George Kittle had a receiving TD. Parker Hesse had that awesome interception. He returned it for a touchdown. Uh, one of four interceptions thrown by Tommy Armstrong Jr. What well, was off? To the Big Ten Championship game in a matchup of number four, Iowa, and the fifth-ranked Michigan State Spartans. We all know how that ended. Unfortunately, L.J. Scott got the late touchdown for the Spartans, and the Hawkeyes lost 13-16, to but both teams struggled getting the ball into the end zone. Iowa settled for a couple of field goals before the 85-yard TD pass from C.J. Beathard to Tavon Smith took the lead, the dab in the end zone. It's a moment I'll never forget. This stadium was just rocking with excited Hawkeye fans. Everybody was just going crazy. And then Michigan State drove down for the winning score for its first touchdown of the game after three field goals. But I tell you, that was one of the most fun Hawkeye weekends I've had as far as when you look at bowl games. You know, there's been several. The Orange Bowl was unbelievable. Um, Capital One Bowl. I've been to some Outback Bowls that were great. But man, that... That weekend in Indianapolis with all the Hawkeye fans there and just all the fun that everybody had and just the excitement in the air. And that 85-yard touchdown pass, I mean, that stadium was just going nuts. And then, you know, just watching the fans just cheering and, you know, standing and giving a standing ovation to the Hawkeyes as they walked off the field, even though they weren't victorious. It just kind of lets you know what kind of fans that the Hawkeyes have, so... The season ended in Pasadena. We had a great time there. You know, everything about that trip to Pasadena, you know, L.A., was a lot of fun, except for the game with Christian McCaffrey, who was just unstoppable. He had a 75-yard TD reception early. He had a 63-yard punt return. The Hawkeyes were down 38 to nothing, you know, before getting a field goal, then a couple of TDs to make it a final score of 45-16. to 16. I mean, Hawkeyes got a couple of TDs late, but hey, you know, we saw some sights. We had a really fun time tailgating. The tailgating was just a blast. And, you know, just, again, the excitement in the air and all the Hawkeye fans that traveled to California for that. Really enjoyed that trip overall. It's a gorgeous place to see a football game. The Hawkeyes ended up 12-2, 8-0 in the Big Ten. So an awesome season. In season 17, Captain Kirk gets his fifth top 10 finish, ending up number nine in the AP poll. There were a lot of great players on this team. C.J. Beathard, just under 62% completion rate, 2,800 yards, 17 TDs, five interceptions. He also rushed for 240 yards. And he's just a winner. You know, he's still in the NFL with the Jaguars now after several years with the 49ers. He was 12-0 in his first 12 stars as a Hawkeye. That's just unbelievable. Also, it's interesting to see Jake Rudock transfer to Michigan and start for Jim Harbaugh. But I think Kirk did the right thing naming CJ the starter. I mean, you look at the 12-0 start and what that season was. 
You know, CJ was more of a gunslinger under center instead of kind of a, a more of a game manager type player. Jake was a good quarterback, you know, in his own right, but I really like CJ uh, as a Hawkeye. He's, he's, he's a guy that I'll always remember. Well, Matt Vandenberg, uh, he was CJ's top target. Uh, 65 catches, 700 yards. T- Tavon Smith had 560 yards receiving. Henry Krieger Coble was leading the tight ends with 35 catches. George Kittle had 20. And Kittle was just starting to break out at that point. Uh, you could see that there was a lot of potential there, and he was, he was a really fun player. On defense, it was the outlaw, Josie, J- Josie Jewell. He was the leading tackler, followed by senior linebacker Cole Fisher, Jordan Lomax, Nate Meyer, Desmond King, Jaleel Johnson, Parker Hesse, Nathan Budgeta, anchoring the D-line with Meyer. And then Desmond King, he was just a great kick returner and punt returner in 2015, helped, helped uh, move that team along and get some wins. That was year 17 for Kirk Ferentz. He was the Big Ten Coach of the Year, Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year, Bobby Dodd Coach of the Year. Desmond King was Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year. He won the Jim Thorpe Award for the nation's top defensive back. Unanimous first-team All-American. He had eight interceptions in 2015. And he's one of my favorite Hawkeyes during the Kirk era. You know, with all he did on the field as a leader, he came back for his senior year and uh, just really respect him as a person and a player. There was a lot going on in Kirk Ferentz's years, uh, the six years from 2010 to 2015. You know, some seven and five type seasons, but you mix in a four and eight, really disappointing season in 2012. And then you get the 12 and two with a 12 and 0 regular season and a top 10 finish in 2015. And, you know, that 2015 team just got over the hump. In almost every way, but they just couldn't pull out the close game of the Big Ten Championship and then had that rough bowl game. And now, at this point, Iowa has lost four straight bowl games. And they were against some, some really good competition. When you look back, Oklahoma, LSU, Tennessee, Stanford. But that's something that Captain Kirk will look to get turned around in the coming years. Well, I hope you're enjoying these season in review, Hawkeye football. Uh, episodes and and looking at the players as well under Kirk Ferentz. Leave comments, rate, subscribe. Keep your eyes open for another episode to cover seasons 2016 through 2020 coming soon. Well, it's about 30 days from Hawkeye football. I'm pumped. Go Hawks. I think it's going to be a really fun season. (laughs) 